Welcome to 15 Minutes on the Way, Season 9, The Remnant. If you're a first-time listener, you really owe it to yourself to start at the beginning. Find Episode 1 of Season 1 at 15minutesontheway.com. Don't spell out 15. Otherwise, brace yourself for a conversation with God's voice telling His side of your story. In last week's episode, what amounted to the narrative storyline we've been following all along came nearly to a close. We have one final prophet to send, Malachi. Malachi's brief book doesn't so much narrate further historical sequence as it does a theological issue. But Malachi, whose name fittingly means my messenger, returns to the issues centered on by Nehemiah's final reforms. While Malachi touches on a few issues, his primary warning to the restored remnant concerns one of the very things Nehemiah had had to fix, the tithe. We've noted this aspect of life with us a few times along the way, but here in our final prophet comes the clearest lesson on its purpose, importance, and impact. From the beginning, offering a portion of the fruits of the earth has been first an acknowledgement of my providing everything for you. Even in the early pages of Genesis, Cain and Abel are offering portions of their harvest to me in said acknowledgement. And even in those first pages, the specter of greed raises its ugly head. Abel is said to bring the best of his flock, while Cain brings simply a nondescript random portion of his harvest. We are pleased with Abel's offering, but have no regard for Cain's. This is in Genesis 4. Implicit in that account is that which is writ large in Malachi, the greedy withholding of the better part of harvest and making a commensurately lesser offering to me. Offering lesser quality portions betrays an ungrateful, avaricious heart. Offering true and unblemished first fruits reveals a heart of sincere gratitude. Our man Abraham exemplifies this grateful worship in his encounter with Melchizedek, spontaneously giving the priest in offering one-tenth of everything just gained in the rescue of Lot and his fellow captives. Genesis 14.14 14. Later, when we are setting things in stone with Moses, these issues of heart are codified in our law where a tenth of flocks and the fruit of the land are holy and to be offered to me. Leviticus 27.30 We were the ones to supply the land flowing with milk and honey in the first place, remember? While we could stray into another entire season on the subject, the concept is a simple one. All of it belongs to me but I have given it to you for your use and well-being. Your giving back to me one-tenth of what's already mine keeps you aware of where all you've got that's good is coming from. Me. 
And yes, there's the bonus benefit of your having to trust us to take care of you and your needs with only 90% of it all in your pockets. Only that bit is more than a bonus and is in fact equal in its importance alongside source recognition. It truly is a test of faith and of heart, particularly in your habitat so obsessed with acquisition. The test is that you live on less than your full means. In doing so, you acknowledge that you trust us to take care of you, that we will provide you with enough, even though you've given up some of your resources and given them back to me. Now, a good part of the issues Nehemiah wrangles at the end of his time stem from what we'll call top-down problems. The high priest had gummed up the whole system of offering and tithes, robbing not only the Levites of their portions, but the people of the truly important spiritual exercise of tithing. While Nehemiah had set the system straight, it swiftly veers off track once he's not there keeping a close eye on things. Nehemiah 13.11 The reason we are spending so much time on a meager four-chapter minor prophet isn't just because Malachi closes out the owner's manual. The issues of heart to which my messenger speaks are perennial ones. Whether they are occurring from the top down, as is the case in Malachi's day, the matters at issue are universal and found at every rung of the social ladder. You see, the priests are failing the tithe's test of faith and have fallen into the practice of offering second- and third-rate sacrifices so they can hold back the good stuff for themselves. Malachi 1.6 They're offering blind, lame, and sick animals who were going to die soon anyway in a practice completely contrary to the idea of sacrifice. It is no sacrifice to give to me the least healthy animals available, those that will be culled from the flock regardless of one's worship practice. In fact, offering me the dregs is not worship at all. It's an insult. Malachi thus declares for me, Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors, so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. Malachi 1.10 The amount and type of sacrifice Israel is bringing me in worship clearly indicates their heart. Bringing me less indicates a compromised heart. Bringing a full tithe of firstfruits to me would represent the submission of their whole life and livelihood to me, handed back to us in an act of thanksgiving, praise, and surrender. And, by the way, that would be one-tenth of their income before the governor's portion gets peeled off, in case you're already transferring the concept to your own civic fiscal responsibilities. It is clear that the priests' hearts, as well as the hearts of the people, have drifted from me. I take the priests to task for their patent disrespect for me and their patent disregard for the sacred importance of worship. 
They have reduced relationship with us to its lowest iteration possible, as they say to themselves how weary they are of it all, while offering up compromised animals to me. Malachi declares that they are offering to me Yahweh, the great king of all the universe, lord of hosts and of angelic armies, offering rejected runts they wouldn't dare to pass off as tribute to their Babylonian governor. Malachi 1.8 In essence, they are robbing me. Not just the priests, but the whole nation is robbing me. The whole nation has been caught up in this practice. They are going through the motions of worship, thinking that by showing up with a half-hearted, mediocre sacrifice, they are somehow maintaining relationship with us. First of all, that reference to the governor can cut pretty deep if you think about it for half a second. You know there's no way any of these people are cutting corners in their tribute to Babylon. The governor is getting his due before I am. Who is getting their due in your life before you turn your attention to me? Your workplace? Your workout? Your fill-in-the-blank? Do you have no problems getting up at the crack of dawn to get to work on time on weekdays, but somehow are unable to rouse yourself in time for a service of worship pointed at me that doesn't start until hours later in the morning than your weekday work starts? Diligently working overtime in order to make an impression or get ahead, but can't spare a few moments of reflection and prayer with us in the evening? We could go on, but you get the point. Life is time, and you spend it where your heart decides to. Whoever or whatever your heart is worshiping will drive your priorities. Of course, you're not worshiping by animal sacrifice any longer either. I think we're all happy about that. However, that's the only thing that's changed. All too often, that which is said to be worship of me these days is simply the same going through of half-hearted motions, as if merely showing up for a worship service is what I am asking for. Malachi's message rings as true in your day as in Nehemiah's. I'd rather see the doors shut. Of course, so few show up these days, you seem to think that we should be grateful you've made the effort. Read through Malachi again. Life on the way with me is not a quid pro quo situation. It is not a matter of figuring out how much or how little you absolutely have to do in order to be safe with me, whatever you think that is. Relationship with me is not an exchange. It is not a transaction. I am all in for you, friend, and ask the same from you. Not half of your heart, not a quick visit for an hour, if I'm lucky, on the weekend. I think we have made abundantly clear that I am not to be put in a compartment and asked to preside over a portion of your life so you can feel good about that while you entrust the rest of your life to something else. We have been through that before, with Israel and with you. 
And so my words for you today are the same I have for Israel's restored remnant through Malachi. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says Yahweh Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Malachi 3.10 Yes, these words are focused on financial contribution. As such, though, they speak to the deeper matters of trust, faith, and heart. By definition, currency represents worth. In Malachi's day, as now, money is a measurement of time, value, and priority. You may have been asked to put your money where your mouth is, but you've already put your money where your heart is. If you wait until all your other fiscal responsibilities are taken care of before giving any of your income back to me, that's a huge and rather obvious indicator of your priorities. You're right there with Malachi's contemporaries giving me the leftovers, keeping the first and best for other matters you deem more important than me or your life with us. In obvious contrast, setting aside your first fruits, assigning the first portion to me, and then caring for other needs afterward betrays exactly the heart for which Malachi calls. Me too. It displays the trust that when put in first priority, we will provide enough so that the remaining 90% will be more than adequate to your actual needs. Of course, the heart issues continue to deepen with the use of the word needs, don't they? Your heart has been voting its priorities all week, long before you sit down with your checkbook on the weekend to settle accounts. You have perceived needs where there have been none, and acquired things that may not be without merit, but that are truly unnecessary to the furtherance or fullness of your life. Friend, discipline and sacrifice must be woven into everyday decisions in order to truly and deeply engage in a life of worship that is committed to me. I'll never be first in your life if you wait until everything else is taken care of before you decide what to give me, whether it's money, time, or heart. These and other ramifications... Were we to continue to unravel this vein of issues, all underscore the importance of this matter. What I am saying through Malachi is to first make me first, then attend to the rest. Test me on this, friend, and see if I do not provide more than enough for you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support what we do, give us a review on iTunes or Facebook, then share this podcast with your friends. Use the link to the very first episode from our website, 15minutesontheway.com. We hope today's episode has reminded you that you, friend, are part of an epic story that is still unfolding today. So keep walking on the way, and until next time, be good to yourself.